The more you know, the more you know, the more you know, it's the more you know. Hello, everybody, and it is March the 2nd, 75 degrees where I sit in Godfrey, Illinois, the same exact temperature as it is in Jupiter, Florida, where we should be watching Jordan Walker, Nolan Gorman, Matthew Libertor, and all the others play baseball and get ready for what will be an amazing 2022 season. But instead, I am joined by Caleb Noble, who is sitting in his dorm room in Champaign, Illinois, where it is approximately 70 degrees as well. And we are here to talk to you about that son of a bitch, Rob Manford, and all the owners. Yeah, uh, it's really disappointing. And to me, the saddest part about it is Yachty and Wayno's last year, you know, the two of the Cardinals I grew up with. I mean, I grew up with Albert, but he left when I was nine years old. So the guys that have been my basically my whole life watching Cardinal baseball have been those two. And to see that at minimum right now, they're going to get 156 games. And that's if everything goes well. And we know that's not going to happen where their sides are at right now. To know that they might get 100 games, they might get 120 games. They might even get 80 games. I mean, that's just sad. I mean, it's, it's awful. It's, as a fan, incredibly frustrating. As a player, I'm sure it's even more frustrating. And, you know, obviously we sit here from, and, and you know, we like to use the term 30,000 feet view and, and look down upon it. And I can only imagine, you know, obviously being a player who, you know, especially a Yachty or a Wayno or fill in the blank, who has done this for the last 20 years. They're in Jupiter, Florida, getting themselves ready. And they're sitting at home, and yeah, we know they're working out and they're throwing on their own and all that. But I can only imagine the frustration that the players must have with the owners at this moment. Yeah, I I have um, obviously at a much smaller scale. I have experienced missing games in my last season. That happened to me two years ago, where I didn't get my last season. But that wasn't an avoidable circumstance. That was something that happened because the world went to shit. This is a purely avoidable circumstance. And it has just been, I mean, I don't know. We should just get into it because I don't really have, we're all disappointed. And that's not even, I was irate yesterday. I called you on my way home from class. Um, just absolutely angry at the world, basically. I was angry at the PA and I'm really, and I really shouldn't have been. And I'm glad we didn't record that episode yesterday because it would have been a very different tone and I would have said things I regret, but it's just, it's so frustrating, especially as a baseball fan. I have never seen any business like baseball who's built on fandom. That's how they make their money. That's why it's been so successful for almost 150 years at this point. And they just refuse to give the consumer what they want. And it's crazy to me. It does appear, to use a very cliche phrase, that the owners just cut off their nose to spite their face. And in the end, what does the deal look like on, I mean, fill in the blank on the date, right? When they meet again and and they come to a deal, how is it dramatically going to be different than what we saw proposed um, by the players, essentially, what what their demands were? Uh, how is that going to be dramatically different? I, I don't think, I think you're going to see, I mean, the owners are going to have to essentially say, we're the ones that are losing millions upon millions of dollars every day. 
the thing about that, Dad, is they're losing millions of dollars, but they have billions. I get it. The thing, the players are losing the only amount of income they have. Look at Steve Cohen. His income isn't coming purely from baseball. That's just a bonus for Steve Cohen. Um, and honestly, let's be fair to Steve Cohen. I guarantee you that he wants this competitive balance tax to be raised. You think he wants to get taxed more? You think he wants to get harsher penalties? The dude's already damn near $35 million over, and his team's not even finished. And also, so, I mean, I, I, obviously there are a lot of reports. These are unsubstantiated reports because we were not in the room, so we have to get that out there. But that it did seem like there were about seven or eight owners, the ones who you could name without a problem, uh, the teams who are ne- almost never competitive or, or are competitive at a very low salary that were really the ones balking at what the players were wanting. Let's be specific. We're talking about the trash teams, teams that are bad, the Pirates, Outside Marlins, of Tampa Bay and Oakland. And, like yes. I was going to say, the teams that are Tampa Bay and Oakland. Correct. Those are who we're talking about. Yeah, we're talking Pittsburgh. We're talking Baltimore. We're talking uh, – who am I missing here? We're talking about Miami. We're talking about, obviously, Tampa. Tampa, I exclude from this because of how good we're they talking ha- have been. We're talking Colorado. Col- those two are – those two have spent before and they've won. Right. But the, the organizations, while. they're rebuilding right now. But, um, all right, let's just get into this because yeah, I have a lot it. of, let's I have go, a lot of let's thoughts. Go. Let's go ahead and because there's a lot to talk about. So what was this? Um, what's today? Today's Wednesday, right? Monday Wednesday. night, Monday night, you fell asleep. <laughs> Did. I send you a message at, I think probably 1230. A deal has been reached. We have baseball. Um, that's because Bob Nightingale reported that. So my, that's my fault for taking that <laughs> as anything. And then the room, they started coming out. Okay. Well, the deal has not been reached. They have slight incremental changes to be made, but they are going to stay inside of the, um, the building in Jupiter, the Cardinals complex until a deal has been reached. Cool. We get to two thirty of two and a half hours of me refreshing my Twitter nonstop. To find out, okay, they've extended the deadline, a self-imposed deadline. Let's get that out there. This shouldn't be a deadline. It's not a deadline. It's a ploy. Um, to 5 p.m. the next day. Cool. That means they're pretty close. They extend the deadline. They're probably going to get in at 10 in the morning, and they're going to have seven hours to make the incremental changes we had been told there was happen. Now, in reality, what was happening was the owners and Rob Manfred and all of the slime balls on that side we're feeding information to the gullible, a.k.a. Bob Nightingale and John Heyman. And they were reporting it as fact that the um, deals were close. The deals weren't close. And you know how I know the deals weren't close? I'm looking at the offers right here. They're public. Correct. They are um, on Twitter if you'd like to look at them as well. The competitive balance tax is the biggest issue right now. So I guess that's where we'll start just to get that out of the way. If you don't know what the competitive balance tax is, it's basically – the it's not a cap technically but if you go over it there's incremental punishments for how many years you're over it so one year you get taxed a certain percentage second year you're over it in a row you lose a draft pick third year it just keeps getting more intense and we see the dodgers go over it the yankees go over it the mets go over it it's basically a, a tax for the people to try and com, um keep the competitive nature of the game down um even essentially and that and, money goes back to the other teams it's also bullshit because the money does go back to the other teams and they don't spend the money they get Correct. on the players. That's been proven. They don't spend that money. If they did, Tampa Bay wouldn't have a $70 million payroll and Miami and Cleveland wouldn't have a 50 to $60 million payroll every year. Um, 
And it was at $208 million last year. That's a lot of money. Uh, that's a lot of money to spend for a good baseball team. But the inflation in 2022, I'm going to bring out some big business words for you here, Dad. 7.5% <laughs> is what the inflation was in 22. The MLB proposed an increase from $220 million for three years. That's what it was going to be at for three straight years, up to 224 the fourth year and 230 the fifth year. And, and that just is a 1.84% increase in those five years. That is almost 6% below inflation alone. And that's after the fact that that should have been raised incrementally the last five years. And it should be higher than that already. And to just make matters worse, they were trying to say we were close. The, C the PA's starting point for the CBT is $238 million. The ending point in five years for the owners is $230 million. What yep. the hell was close? Because that's $263 million is what the PA wants after five years. That is $33 million less than what the owners proposed at the fifth year. And that's not the $33 million um, is not even the amount that the owners raised the CBT. So how the hell could they have said that they were close? It's obvious that they weren't close. They haven't been close on anything. And I don't know when they're going to get close. It's ridiculous. And for perspective to those of you out there listening, which, by the way, we thank you once again. It's nice to be back. Obviously, we wanted Caleb to get settled at U of I. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, things going well. We got some things coming up that we're going to be talking about later also. But just for perspective, only three teams currently where we sit right now, March 2nd, 2022, or even over $200 million. Obviously, the Mets would, be, would exceed that threshold of, of 220. They're at the 235 mark right now. Dodgers at 214 and the Yankees at 211. That's it. Nobody else, nobody else is even close. The Padres are at 184 million. That's the only one sniffing $200 million. Yep. And you want to hear something even funnier? Max Scherzer said this yesterday. If the CBT was working like it should, why the hell did the Padres have a higher payroll last year than the New York Yankees? The CBT is being used as a hard cap by many teams. Correct. It is, it is, of course, it's not a hard cap. We know that you can go over and you can continue to play games and you won't be, but you get punished so severely that it's being used as a hard cap, and that's not what it is designated to do. If that's what it was, then, then just implement a hard cap because then at least you could put a soft cap, I mean a hard cap for the floor of the payroll. But So that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to lower punishments for going over the CBT, and they're trying to raise the, the revenue because guess what? The players should be getting paid more money. As the, as the industry makes more money, the, um, the product – I mean, that's the product, sorry. The people that are making that organization, I mean, that business money should also be getting paid more. And MLB is such, this is what people on Twitter don't understand. They say, I work at Walmart. I make $14 an hour. And um, these players are complaining about a $600,000 minimum wage. Yeah, well, once I start paying $20 to park in the Walmart parking lot and $15 to get in and then paying for all the goods inside and you're the person I'm coming to see, I don't want to hear it. Because guess right. what? The only thing that sports has there, I mean, sports are so different than any other business in the world because the product is also the employees. That is not in any other business in the world. The product is also the employees. So as the, as the, the um, what word am I looking for here, Dad? The demand for the product goes up, which means the price is going up and, more, and they're making more money. Naturally, the cost of the product goes up, which in this case is how much money the players are getting paid. And that has not been happening at all. The, the average salary of a Major League Baseball player, Dad, has gone down incrementally the last five years. How? 
very valid question. While the, while the, uh, what it was the word I'm looking for here, the value of each team has dramatically increased every year. It continues to rise every continues. year. And, and also last year, obviously the Dodgers went way over at 266. The Met, the Yankees at 205, and the Mets at 201. Again, the Astros and Phillies were four and five in payroll in the 190, 195 range. So what what we're finding quite often is okay, you can up this tax, and that's fine. Like, let's do that. But these teams, there still has to be some motivation for these teams to spend money. Right now, as we enter in, I mean, the Cleveland the Cleveland Guardians, guys, have a payroll, a 26-man roster payroll right now of $29 million. The Orioles, $29 million. The Pirates, 34. The Marlins, oh, they jump up to 55. And then you've got the Diamondbacks at 66, the Mariners and Twins in the 70s, the Royals in the 70s. The Rays, the Rockies, how is this? How is this a thing? I don't know, and I'm trying to collect my my bearings here and my thoughts because I have a lot to say, and it can get jumbled up and then start getting confusing. So I want to go to all all the people out there that are saying every players are millionaires. Oh, it's millionaires versus billionaires. First off, no, right, you're wrong. There's a lot of fl- first. There are a lot of flawed one analogies and also just statements on the internet right now. Yeah, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. You just stated that the Cleveland Guardians right now with the 26 men that are on their roster, and yeah, albeit it's not complete, they'll probably sign two guys for a million dollars each. Correct. Get that thing up over 30. Wow, whopping. But um, they're they're barely averaging over $1 million a player. A player. And how much money is Jose Ramirez making? Shane Bieber in arbitration. Those guys are making half half of their payroll. So how much money do you think Josh Naylor is going to make? How much money do you think Andres Jimenez is going to make? Ahmed Rosario is going to make? They're not making a million dollars. And the average lifespan of a Major League Baseball player is three years. That's the average lifespan of their career. All right, to answer your question, even though I believe you were asking rhetorically, but I will answer it. Jose Ramirez right now for this year is making $12 million. Uh, Rosario, 4.8. Austin Hedges, 3.75. Uh, Fran Mill, 3.5. Quantrill, 2.5. Zimmer, 1.5. Naylor, a million. Everybody else is under a million dollars. On league minimum. Or league, and right, right. Yeah. And that's probably what they're at. Many pre-arb, arbitration, like, yeah, they're, oh, yeah, five, everybody else drops down to the 575 league minimum. Correct. Yep. So, so you were only paying six guys. How, I, look, I, I, I'm not taking a shot at Cleveland. I'm not, I actually am going to take a shot at Cleveland. What, what are we doing? Like, how? It's almost to the point where some of these teams don't – they don't deserve a franchise anymore. They don't. That team should be gone from Cleveland Correct. if it continues Pittsburgh, this way. Gone. Like, if we're going to keep doing this, and, and you know, you and, – and we're gonna, and then we're going to go in. Then we're going to have the balls to go in and vote against a competitive balance tax when we're spending $29 million on a, on a professional franchise uh, is absolutely unbelievable to me. It's, it's crazy. Max Scherzer is making almost double that next year himself. Anyway, okay, so then we go, like I was saying before, the average um, career for a major league baseball player is three to five years, okay? Well, here's the doozy of that. You don't even make above league minimum until your third year unless you're a super two, and we'll get to that in a second. But then you go to – you don't get a free agency until your sixth year, and that's if arbitration doesn't kill you. We saw it happen with Jack Flaherty this year where he lost his arbitration case, and he's one of the best pitchers in the world when he's on the field. 
one of the best players on the Cardinals, and he's not making nearly what he should be making. But we'll go to the Super 2s now. So the union dropped their request for Super 2s. And for those of you who don't know what a Super 2 is, it is a player that reaches a certain amount of innings. It's 20% of the players in their second year that reach a certain amount of innings, which is capped off by 20% of players were at the top 20 were at, say, 150. That's a made-up number. Let's say they were at that. They will now go to arbitration after their second year. It's not a common thing. It doesn't happen that often. The players originally wanted that number to get bumped up to 80%. They dropped it completely because the owners were just like, it's a non-starter. We're not going up. And you know how what the owners have lost? They've lost nothing. You know what they've lost? They've lost the fact that they wanted a 14-team playoff and it went down to 12, which is still going to make them over $100 million in revenue, more than they would have. And they have lost nothing. And then they're just – we have some people that are pro-owners. They haven't, they haven't negotiated. They are not negotiating in good faith. They're sitting here imposing fake deadlines, locking out the players, just waiting for the players to crack because they know they're going to start losing money here in a week. And, and people are just okay with this. Like this is not negotiating in good faith. This shouldn't be happening in our sport at all. It's, it's ridiculous. You're just creating a divide. And with all the shit going on in the world right now, we don't need to get into that, but we all know. Like, this is what's happening because you don't want to pay the guys that have earned the money and are making you guys billionaire more billions of dollars a year. You just don't want to pay them at all. I don't, I don't understand what is happening. And, and just to go back, just to give a little more context for people who are making the argument it's billionaires versus millionaires. Look, we the fans just want baseball, which also pisses me off. So let's not get to that one as well, that argument. But, uh, and again, I'm not trying to pick on, I just look at the lowest salary. And it happened to be the Cleveland Guardians. No, so pick on him. At this point, right. fucking pick on him. Well, hold on. Spend money on your franchise. Hold, hold on. Hold on. As of 2021, the end of the 2021 year, the Cleveland Guardians were worth $1.16 billion. All right? With a B. With a B. That in 2021, all right, their one-year change was 1%. Now, people say, well, 1% doesn't sound like a lot. That's $100 million. Dollars. One point six million dollars. Right there, you go. One point six. Wait, hold on. Whatever it was, right? One million six hundred thousand. One point one six million dollars. Or one hundred and sixteen million dollars. One percent. Yeah, there you right. go. That's that. That one hundred and sixty. Right. Whatever the number. Ten million. Whatever that number is. Right. Because I think my math is off a little bit there, but that's okay. No, that's right. That's right. One sixty million. Right. Yes. So when we look at that, they. <laughs> They had an 11% increase in their debt to value in that year. They are currently spending $29 million. What, and obviously, there are other operating costs. I understand. Oh, stop that. it. Right. I, right. I, I, I'm just saying, what are you doing with the 11% increase that you saw? And yes, we came off COVID. I understand that. But don't tell me you're not making money. Yeah, uh, you know what they did with that money? They didn't pay for Cisco Lindor. They didn't pay Trevor Bauer. They didn't pay Mike Clevenger. They didn't pay Corey Kluber. They didn't. I mean, and can we also talk about you just rebranded? So how much money are you bringing in on the rebranding? I looked at their hoodies. They're eighty bucks a pop. They're making a lot of money. And okay, so we got to get back a little bit to some of the. It's okay to some of the core economic things that are happening because I know a lot of people probably are just tired of it. And if it wasn't this, they might not know everything that's going on and why the players are so pissed off and why the owners are being villainized. Finally, finally, no one, everyone's on the owner's side in 94. So finally we have come together as a group and said, hey, maybe the owners are the ones 
that are fucking up our sport. Maybe it's not the players. But the pre-arbitration bonus pool, this has been a big talking talking point. This is basically the money that is set aside for the players that are pre-arbitration that will, that will be given to them so they're not making league minimum. So Dylan Carlson last year was making league minimum. He finished third in the rookie of the year voting. Obviously, he shouldn't have been making $560,000. That is ridiculous. The guy, I don't know how much revenue the guy brought to the game, but I guarantee he brought a decent amount of revenue to the Cardinals. And but, they were going to increase that minimum this year, correct? Okay, let me, yeah, let me go to okay. it. $85 million is what the players were proposing with a $5 million annual increase to that pool that will basically be distributed out to the players that are in the first or second year making a huge impact on their team. The owners, by the way, remember, they were close to a deal. Let's remember that being reported by Bob fucking Nightingale. They went for they started at twenty five million. That's where they won. That's where they were at around two days ago, three days ago, before this last deal came. Um, they went up to thirty million dollars. That is, that's a fifty five million dollar difference, with no with the annual uh, annual increase being five million dollars for them as well. Like that's a fifty five million dollar difference. What were they close on? Like if they would have been if it would have been fifty and seventy five, at least that's somewhat close. But they were they were fifty five million dollars off on the pre arb bonus pool on top of the fact that the in five years their CBT proposal wasn't going to reach the players' first CBT year, and then the seven hundred k going up ten per year for the owners for the league minimum um salary the players started at seven twenty five going up twenty a year. What the hell were they close on? Right, right. Well, it, it appears what they were close on and what they were in agreement were were actually a lot of things that I believe will improve the game of baseball, all right, and for the future. But those three, obviously, the CBT, the pre-arb, and then the minimums, and the minimums, they were fairly close, all right, fairly close. But it does feel like those two are the ones. I, again, no talk, which surprised me, of a, of a um, salary floor. Well, if you have a salary floor, you have to have a cap. That's what they've been saying the whole time. Yeah. That's not happening. I mean, the worst salary that. cap is like saying more more in Hogwarts. Um, just a few things also that I do think we ought to, like, talk about that I think were positives. One, Universal DH heading to the National League. Thank God. You and I have talked about this for a while. There is zero reason for a guy who hasn't swung a bat for some of these guys outside of a game here or there at AAA when they have to go, when they have to play at home against another National League team. In some of them, eight years, nine years. And on top of that point, there's zero reason the Astros should have to decide between having in the World Series game, between having Jordan Alvarez in their lineup and having a guy in left field that can't catch a ball. There's Correct. no reason. They've been playing the whole year one way. I don't get why we get to the World Series and they have to now change and get at a disadvantage. I don't. That's stupid to me. I, I think that's a big win for the players, also the players' union. That's 15, 14 more jobs, right? Yeah, so, a lot more jobs for guys like Justin Turner. Correct. Who correct. got kind of lowballed last year with his contract. Yeah. Um, I think the draft pick uh, compensation gone, that's big. That, yeah, that's that is big, but – that's yeah, I, mean, I know. I just want to focus on ones that I think are, are a bonus that are things that are going to help the baseball, the world. You know what I mean? I think yeah. the draft pick compensation gone is so big because we've seen so many guys not get contract. Marcelo Zuna here, right? Because teams want to draft pick. Trevor Story's got going to get probably significantly less money he would have if he would still had that pick attached to him. That is probably true. You are probably. I mean, I'm not saying that for this year it's not going to hurt people, but I think for the long run. Right. Oh, no, it's great. It's great. Yes. I should have never been in the game. It's a ridiculous um, thing. Let's, let's talk ask. a minute about uh, – well, uh, one more thing. I, I love the idea of a draft lottery like the NBA does. And the reason is obviously the tanking, that's a major issue. I mean, we've seen the Mariners owner, right, come out on a podcast last year and essentially just laugh about the fact that they well, were – Who's the CEO? 
Oh, that okay. My apologies. But either way, he was also laughing about all of that stuff, right? Tanking, manipulation, team players, um, whatever, you know. So mm-hmm. we've seen, we know that there are owners that are tanky, which affects the 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 players' pre-arb information because guys want to play for winners. They want to win. Their career is is limited as it is. Uh, so I do think the draft lottery. I like that idea. What about you? It's fine. You know what I really want them to do? I really wanted them to have the first team to miss the playoffs to get the first pick. Yeah, you know. Incentivize people for trying to win. I'm tired of the Orioles being a top five pick every year. Why should they continue getting good players that they waste? Right. They shouldn't. They just shouldn't. I'm sorry. And again, I I did see – I don't know if it was Passon who was talking about it. It was one of the guys that that I listened to quite a bit. And he was talking, look, there there is a strategy to the tank. We saw what the Astros did, right? You go through a few years of lean years. And then they have been a force over the last six to eight years, six to seven years. Um, so the Cubs did it. They won a World Series. The Astros won a World Series. Uh, there, there, are, there are reasons for teams to blow it up and start over and get picks and get rid of salaries. That I, I understand that. Yeah, but, but let's go to the flip side like of that. The, when you've been Hold tanking on. like the Orioles and the Pirates and some of these other teams forever, something has to change. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I mean, we look at the great stories of the Cubs, gross, but and the Astros and what they did. Yeah, those were things that those worked. <clears throat> but if you have an organization like the Orioles who continuously drafts the right guys, and it's had Adley Rushman who's been ready to be up for two straight years, and they just don't bring him up, so the guys they're drafting doesn't matter because they want to have him for fifteen years of the dude's life. I mean, it doesn't. It, I'm tanking is so ridiculous to me. All these teams can make money. Baltimore gets pretty good attendance for how shitty they are. Imagine if that team was good. Right. You remember when I, – I wasn't alive, but you remember in 90 – what was it, 96 when Kyle Ripken was breaking the record? Yeah. That place was packed every single night. Every yeah. night. It was packed when Adam Jones and Machado were going crazy. Yeah, both. And J.J. Hardy. When like, your team's winning. The, these teams just – they don't – they have the money. And I, I'm tired of these people saying, well, we don't know how much they're making – well, you know, one thing we do know is that if they were making, that they were losing money, or if they were barely breaking even, that they would have brought that to the players and used that as a bargaining chip. The fact that they haven't done that to give a reason to why why they shouldn't be paying players more means that they are not losing money. So stop with that bullshit. It's, it's wrong. Uh, every team is making money. Look at the value of every team, and look at what the teams are bought for, and look at what they sell for, and also look at how many teams are being sold. Zero. No teams are being sold. Why, if, te- if people are losing money, why aren't they selling their teams when they have $1.5 billion sitting there that they're, sit- that they're sitting on? If they're losing money, they're not. Yeah, almost. I'm, I'm sick of it. Was, somebody did a, a, a study on the Orioles over the last 17 years, and there was one year in there, I don't know if it was like 96 to 97, where there was an anomaly where their value dropped. I think they were sold for roughly $300 million, potentially. I'm going to say that might be the case, right? And I believe they are worth in the excess of $1.2 billion now. Yep. 20 years later, 25 years mm-hmm. later. Yep. All right, I think we got to address the big fat elephant in the room that everyone hates. The ugly elephant. And his name is Robert Manfred. Yeah. Okay. I, I have a lot of thoughts on Rob Manfred. Um, I, well, let me compose myself. I will not – I'm not going to sit here and act like I don't know who Rob Manfred works for. I am well aware he works for the 30 owners, and he does their bargaining. Those aren't the problems I have for with him. I don't have a problem with him working for the people that pay him because he would be a fool to piss them off and get fired. But the things this dude says, the way he acts, and the just lack of awareness 
of what he is doing to the sport that we all love. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming you also love it. Is is crazy. He comes out laughing. Laughing. What are you laughing about? This mm-hmm. is one, this is the darkest day of baseball in my life. I was swing on his balcony. Yeah, whatever. I don't even but I I wasn't alive for ninety four. So this is the darkest day in ba- um darkest week in baseball history in my life. Why are you coming out here laughing? You said, Oh, you have been so nice to me to a reporter. Uh, I'm not gonna miss that or whatever he said. And then the guy came back and said the feeling is mutual, which was great. But and then he was asked some specific questions, questions that we have all been wondering. And for some reason, the media has been kind of shying away from asking them. But finally, they did. He was asked, why did it take three months to begin negotiations? Correct. His answer was the best answer I can give you is we have been here for the last 10 days and talks have picked up the last two. Rob, that's not the fucking question. Right. The question isn't what have you done the last 10 days? The question is, why, hasn't, why has this 10-day period happened now? You did. You've done that. If you'd have done this in November, people keep saying when the lockout started. No, before the lockout, we would have a deal. Players would be in spring training. We'd be getting excited for the baseball season. We'd be talking about the Cardinals right now, and hopefully the new GH Kyle Schwarber they just picked up. But no, instead, we're we're sitting here talking about him being a fool. He, like I said, he's laughing. John Heyman asked him about the inflation rates. He just didn't answer it. Just straight up didn't answer it. And he's bl- and he's trying to put the blame on the players when they put this lockout up. They put this um, they put the deadline up, a fake deadline, so they could go fly back yeah. to wherever they, they live. For today, what reason? By the way, they, let's they should have been meeting, they meeting tomorrow, right yesterday, still. Right. Why? Why did you stop? Like, how do you go until two thirty in the morning, a seventeen-hour negotiation session? And obviously, they caucus, and they it's not a full. They're not together the full seventeen hours. But they met 13 times. And then How your do you boy go Manfred from that to leaving. Then your boy Manfred has the balls to say, you know, we don't believe that negotiating with a deadline is really the way to go about business. What? You you've been imposing deadlines this entire time. They're just imposing as much pressure on the players as they can. They also, went from locking them out. They went to a deadline yet um last week. I mean two days ago. It seems like a year ago at this point. And now they're trying to and now they cancel games, obviously, because once the players start losing money, they think they're going to cave. And it's just the worst faith negotiating you could ever do. It's so asininely crazy that this is how they want to do business and treat the players that make them richer. It is so crazy to me. Why are you doing – why are you losing money right now? Because you want to gain more in the, uh, in the long run. But at the end of the day, you're still making hundreds of millions of dollars. We're talking about – Two hundred. The thing that's even crazier to me is two hundred twenty million dollars to two hundred thirty million dollars. If they would have gone to a two thirty and incrementally gone up at the CBT, it would have been accepted. That's widely regarded as a truth. You don't have to spend the money. You don't even have to go up ten million extra dollars. Just let people be able to do it. I, I can't. I don't even know what to say. Well, just to go back to the Baltimore Orioles, which we were talking about, right? Just for again perspective. I want our, our, our I want our audience to have the perspective of dollars because that's what people like can relate to is money. Peter Angelos bought the Baltimore Orioles right before the strike, $173 million. In 2002, they were worth $319 million. So essentially in 10 years, including a strike, and yes, like we talked about the rip and whatever, including a strike, in essentially 10 years, he doubled almost 
the value of his franchise. All right. That's missing over oh, that's missing over a hundred games probably, right, in the World Series. So 2021. Coming at, let's go to 2020. 20, right? From 19 to 20 when we had the COVID. His team was went from worth 1.3 to 1.4 million dollars. It is now currently a one billion. billion. 1.43 billion dollars. So for all you people out here that are saying 2020 they lost money, you've gained 300 million dollars. All you have to do is check the Atlanta Braves. Like they actually are the public ones who have released last year. So we'll get all the other info later. But yes, one. So again, purchase team 1993, 173000000 2021, $1.43 billion. And they are spending $29 million a year on their payroll. And then Rob Manfred has the audacity to come out and say that owning a franchise is more risky than uh-huh. the fucking stock market. First and, and off, that's not true. Over and that hold time on, period, hold on a second. from 1993, that's the worst, one of the worst franchises in sports. Yeah, and first off, if that's not true. That's that's just the biggest thing to say. But second off, if it is true, and you're the guy that wants your sport to make money, why would you ever say it? Right. So why? I. I'm so at a loss for words at this point. I know. I know. It's a very frustrating thing. It's also, so frustrating. Hey, I do think we would be a mi- uh, um, remiss, a miss, remiss, really? if we didn't give a big time shout out to Derek Jeter, who said, hey, I wanted to get into this ownership game. I uh, was a big time part of the, the Marlins ownership group. Uh, I came in. I got rid of salary with the hopes that we were going to build build the franchise up. And I just realized all you fuckers don't care about winning. You don't care about spending money, so I'm out of here. <laughs> yep. Yep. I mean, he built and he built one of the best young pitching staffs in baseball. Fantastic. He built, he built one of the best young pitching staffs in baseball. Yep. He has a good core of guys that are in the big leagues and guys coming up. And I'm sure he just wanted to sign, I don't know, one or two more guys yes. to get their payroll up to a whopping $85 million. And they told him no. And he said, well, you know what? I'm Derek fucking Jeter. I don't need this. And he yeah. just left. Yeah. He's like, give me my money back. Miami. I'm out. Good luck, Miami. Now, right? Yeah. Like you are. Right. You are. And I feel. Uh, and I feel for that fan base. They've been through a lot. They yep. lost JT Real Muto. They lost Jose Fernandez. Obviously, that was tragic. They lost Giancarlo Stanton, Marcelo Zuna, Yelich, and they finally got a group of guys coming back up to maybe get that team back to where it was in the late '90s, early 2000s. And they just don't want to spend the money. Yeah, and, they're and, getting and from other teams. Got the core that if you surround him by some of these free agents that are out there, fill in your blank, right? Or rather you want to go, go hitting, fill in, right, Nick Castellanos, fill in the blank. You've got a team that could compete in the NL East. We all saw what the Braves did last year, right? They, they weren't the greatest team in the, in the season. Uh, win the East, get in the playoffs, win the World Series. So, but again, just no desire, no desire. It's, it's really wild to me. I mean, NFL teams – they jump, they crawl over each other to sign free agents, guys yes. that can make an impact on their yes. team. And at the MLB, it's just like a pain in the ass to get guys to get paid. I, I don't understand. I mean, yeah, and then people are going to come and say, Max Scherzer this or Mike right. Trout that. Those are rev- – no one's arguing about the top-level players in the game. They will always get paid, always. That will, never, that will never stop. They'll always get paid more money because they can change your franchise. We get it. But – you're talking about the, the mid-level players or the even mid- to high-level players or the organizations like Miami. When was the last time they signed an impact-free agent? Like, it's been a it while. It wasn't already on their team. 
Yep. They yeah they signed Abisail Garcia. You signed the the best six hitter in baseball. Cool. When was the last time they signed someone that's like wow that's gonna make an impact? They they haven't. In fact, they refused. They signed Stanton to an extension, traded him. They refused to sign Yellows. They refused to sign Ozuna. I mean, it real Muto. I it's that team shouldn't be in Miami anymore. I'm sorry. Move it to a market that can have someone that's willing to pay. I mean, whether that's Memphis, I mean, whether that's Nashville, whether that's Portland, I don't really care. But if they're going to continue to do what they're doing and they built that crap hole stadium that they made their taxpayers pay for, that no one wants to play at because it's 450 feet to center field. I mean, like, get the organization out of Miami if it's going to continue to be like this. Like, if we have to go down to 26 teams, I would love to see the league expand. But at the way it's going, it's just going to hurt the game at this point. So, um, all right. So we focus on obviously the negatives, right? Which there are, I mean, that's what we should be doing because again, like I opened the show with, we're not watching Jordan Walker and Nolan Gorman and all of these guys playing in Jupiter in the red unis with the new red hats and getting really excited about, you know, who are we going to sign? Who are we bringing in? Who have we brought in? We're not talking about Steven Matz. We're not talking about the DH in the in uh, the National League. We're not talking about who's going to play shortstop for the Cardinals. We're not talking about that. Instead, we're talking about all this bullshit that is just killing the game. And my question to you is, where, where do you – and I, I obviously we're all tuned into this, but I do feel like we, we, you're even tuned in a little bit more than most. Where do you see this heading? Or do you see what, – what, what do you see happening over the next two to three weeks here – as we are just waiting for somebody to cave, I see nothing happening over the next two to three weeks. Okay. Uh, we'll get we'll get some meetings, I'm sure, just because they have to make the optics look good. But uh, I would be shocked if we get a game, a regular season baseball game, before May first. Shocked, and I would be a lot less shocked if that happened. I mean, if we got a game, if we didn't get a game till after June, then I would be if we got a game before May. All right, that's where I'm at with it. All right, so not very obviously not very uh, optimistic about. Baseball. I had my optimism uh, two nights ago, and it got absolutely crushed along with my soul and tears. Um, it was very interesting to me. For those of you who out there, I'm assuming there's some of you who watched the Chris Rose rotation, but Trevor May to essentially say, "Look, this is all they've had a date in mind. They still have a date in mind. They know when they need to have baseball going. The owners, I, I'm using owners as they to make money." April, least profitable month because obviously bad weather. Kids are still in school. People are still working. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are, you know, you have the NBA playoffs getting ready. To NHL. Kick in. You have the NHL playoffs kicking in. You have the NFL draft going on. There's just so many things happening in April uh, that they know that, hey, if we give up April, that's okay. That, that was very telling to me to hear Trevor May say that because I'd never honestly thought about it like that. But here's what, what we're also not talking about, Caleb, and here's what no – it's, it appears no one is talking about. It. Yeah, we the the players the players will get through, it and it sucks. It's going to suck. They're going to get through. Yeah, it. Some I players feel, won't. I, I feel for the bar owners. I'm going to use the, in Jupiter, the restaurant owners, the hotel workers, uh, the workers at the ballparks, the ushers, the the guys who are going to take the money to at, at parking, the people who sell, you know, the vendors, all of that stuff throughout the country at a time where we're coming off a pandemic. And we're watching, obviously, what, what we're seeing happen in, in, the U, in Ukraine go on right now. And we're watching prices of everything are about to skyrocket. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, those are things that nobody seems to be talking about, especially the owners. Yeah, exactly. Rob Manfred was asked about that, about the specific. It wasn't really about the people around the city of St. Louis or wherever, whatever city the team's in. It was more about the ushers. Uh, what what I was doing, which was on the right. grounds crew. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, uh, and he basically. Can you draw unemployment? I can't. I quit. Like, oh, but, fair, fair, fair. <laughs> but, um, he and he basically just said, "Oh, well, our number one focus right now is the fans." That's not the question you were asked. The, I just, I don't even. Know. I know, I know. I, I, I didn't know. mean to get too fired up there, but I do think that a lot of times we forget. It, it's a lot. They don't care. Make the engine of baseball roar. Do you know what I mean? It's not just the players. It's not just the managers. It's not just the trainers. It's not just the owners. There are a lot of people impacted by this. And, you know, mm-hmm. they also, they just a year ago and two years ago were impacted by COVID where they lost out on tons of, of money. I, I'm intrigued to see, uh, hey, for those of you out there looking for a job, I'm going to almost guess that in about two months, if you want to work, in some capacity at a, at a major league or minor league stadium near you, you're going to be able to. Yep. Because and these guys are going to say, we've got to be able to put food on our table. I got a rent to pay. I got a car payment to pay. I've got insurance, whatever. I'm going to go work there. Hey, there's no shortage of jobs right now. I'm going to mm. go work wherever, fill in the blank. Or they're going to draw unemployment, like you said. Or they're going to draw unemployment, which will cost major league baseball, <laughs> which is a whole nother economic issue there as well. Yes. But- it's it's really disheartening to it see is. this happening, it and is. it's really it's really scary because I I'm I'm an optimist sometimes I'm not always but I am a lot when it comes to Major League Baseball because I love it it's my favorite thing in the world every single year, and I've been in my head I've been going back and forth on are we going to lose fans well probably not but we might I don't know but then I was researching what happened to hockey when they locked out not too long ago correct. It almost killed the league completely. They were on – what was the channel they were on? It was – It was, and obviously now you have MLB Network. I understand that. However – you know, I have some thoughts on that for in a second. Well, yeah, we can, we can talk about that later, what Tony Clark said. You know, I, I think there's a lot of validity there. Why – hey, Major, hey, MLB TV, what, what the hell are you doing right now? Because you're not helping the brand at all. And, you know, I, uh, it's, it's a wild time. I, I'm, I'm – Upset because this is the second time I've dealt with this. You know, I guess really it's the third time. I guess it happened in 81. I don't really remember that. I was six, seven years old. Um, and then you had 94 where we lost the World Series. Like that was our 90s, you know, 93 and then lost games. It was 94. 94. Yeah. Um, so, and then you lost games going into the next season. We're not at that. Like that was, in my opinion, the worst it could ever be. But right now, when you have so much money, there's so much TV and revenue money out there. I, I can't. From my so many star mind, players. Understand. So this is the most talented. Well, hold on, hold on. I can't, from my mind, understand why we're not like everybody should be getting as much as they can out of that pot of that pie. Yep. But and there is some blame to be thrown around on Tony Clark and the Players Association for signing these crappy deals that they Agreed. signed. But that wasn't all Tony Clark. There's people who've come. Uh, I mean. Him. He's the head. If you're going to blame Manfred for some of this stuff, you have to blame the other head. But what I'm saying the is stuff. the CBAs in the past aren't all Tony Clark. No, but the one in 2017 that they right. signed four years ago was on him. Yes. Five years ago, sorry. And that's what happens. Look, hey, let me speak to this very easily. I am a high school teacher getting ready to retire. I have seen I, – I work in a state where you cannot strike, all right? No collective bargaining. So at least the owners – and but not the, the players are not striking. But the um, 
So I have seen this where we are being told, hey, we're negotiating in good faith when everyone knows that you're not. And there's nothing as, as, as a teacher that you can do about that. You know, and what happens is I have seen this happen where we have given up things just to get a contract done. Things now that teachers will never get back. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's the one thing I think the players are really digging in their heels. And, and this is why, again, it's not billionaire versus millionaire. It's owner versus worker or employee yes. versus employer. And I think that's what you have to start looking at it as. And that's how I have viewed, you know, the us versus them mentality is that many teachers have now with school boards and superintendents. And while that sounds very petty to some people, uh, we I've watched things get taken away from not just me, but from future generations of teachers and new teachers and middle teachers that are pushing teachers out of the building and they're pushing them out of the, the field. And what I, what you're seeing now is unfortunately the MLB caved for so long, they're standing up to it. And I'm glad let's stand up. Let's get things back to where we are pro worker instead of pro owner. I have never been pro owner in my life, but I'm glad to have grown up in an era where social media was so prevalent. So, you know, you kind of see past the bullshit now, at least if you if you have an open mind enough to, to do well, so. This, at this point, if you're coming out blaming the players, like you there are, are people. Blocked. I understand it. I got blocked four times. And I don't like this then statements. Do you know what I mean? I don't like those. If you're doing this, then fill in the blank. However, if you are one I, of those people who believe that the players are at fault, please do me a favor and educate yourself and open your mind a little bit further to why this is happening, what led to this happening, and what the owners – stake in the game is versus mm-hmm. the player stake. That's what I'd like you to do. And That's I uh, 100% understand that $700,000 at a minimum wage is an exorbitant amount of money. Correct. It's an incredible amount of money. But I, when was the last time you saw someone dad get mad at Leo DiCaprio for turning right. down a movie that would pay him $20 million to go sign, to go make a movie that would make him 30 Right. And, and the, there, there are so many logical fallacies out there. The argument that, well, they're getting paid a lot of money to play a game. No, what I did as a kid was entertainment. What I did entertainment. Was these guys are. This is their career, and for the the longevity. I don't. Do you know what what is the major league? Actually, this is something I should. Okay, know. can I get can Whatever I get to that? Because I was trying to do that earlier, and oh, I completely I lost Sorry, my track of my on that. Oh, that's okay. Um, like I, I earlier, I did say this. I kind of lost my my train of thought. Three to five years is around the the average length of a major league baseball player. Obviously, you see the Scherzers that are playing for twenty years, and those are the guys people pay attention to. But you see the, also see the Greg Garcias, who has played a decent amount of time, but he's been a bench player making league minimum a lot, and he's not in the league anymore. He didn't play very long. Right. Um, they have this window to make money. A lot of them get drafted out of high school. They give up their college. They can go back, sure. But they have – if they're lucky and they're a good major league baseball player, well above average, they have a 10- to 15-year window to make as much money as they can for their career for the rest of their life. They're not going to be back in this career again. If they are getting paid $600,000 for the three years, and that's only if they're not getting manipulated up and down for those years. With arbitration and everything. Yeah. I mean, think about it this way, Dad. Seven, you have seven years until you're minor league free agent. If you're good, you get caught up before then. Then you have three years where you're making league minimum, unless you're a Super 2, with very little, like we said earlier, 20% of the players. And then you go to arbitration, you get nickel and dimed by your organization. And then by that time, you're 30 years old, you're a free agent, and that's if you're lucky at call when you're 24, but you're 30 years old and you're a free agent, and then because there's a three in front of – as the first digit of your age, they pay you less. Right. Like it's – I mean these guys are getting absolutely screwed. Screwed. 
It's ridiculous. Yeah, everybody looks at the top contracts, and that's what they want to look at. And also, I think one thing that we have honestly also not talked about is we the majority of professional baseball players are not even making anywhere near the league minimum in the major leagues. They are making what? What did I see? Twelve thousand dollars at Double A, six, you know, twenty four or triple, whatever the the. the They're making less is. than I was making at Starbucks. Right, right, right. Like that's, that's to be quite about, like, guys. That, like I said, are stuck. Mike Yastrzemski. Mike Yastrzemski is a perfect example. He didn't get in the big leagues until the dude was twenty nine years old. And you're going to sit here and tell me that the guy wasn't ready when he came up and had three great years in a row. He won't reach free agency down until he's 34 years old. Uh, from April to October in, in 2021, obviously those are the stats because that's what the, the reason we have. Most, which there's not a percentage put on that, okay? So, again, we're talking in, you know, those kind of vague terms. But most make between eight dollars and $14,000 in the minor leagues. Now, did some of those guys get salary – uh, you know, signing bonuses. Some did. Some of them got a thousand dollars and a handshake. Yep. Or not even anything. Or or not even. Or and once the tax man gets half of that, who cares? Right. So when we continue, it, it's like everybody believes this is only affecting major league baseball players. And you know, remember what was seventy two, seventy three, Kurt Flood, somewhere in that area for free agency. Yeah. Right. Remember what he did. Right for the players. Lost his career. Setting up for the future of the game, and and I give them big time props. Andrew Miller, big-time props. Max Scherzer, big-time props. All these guys are there. Goldie's there. All these guys that are there, I'm giving them big-time props because, yes, it does impact them directly and their, their day-to-day. No, it doesn't. But that. they're doesn't also setting players up, directly. But they're also setting up the future. And I think that's something that in every walk of life we need to be remembering when we go to battle. I hate to say battle right now. All right, When we go to the table – with demands or we want to see things workplace conditions improved. Mm-hmm. That's I I have two things on that. One, I am also very obviously on Max Scherzer, Andrew Miller, they're awesome. They've been there every single day. Um those guys it doesn't affect, affect them anymore it did. But it doesn't affect them anymore. Those guys are going to make their money. Andrew Miller probably not, honestly. He's at the end of his career. But Max Scherzer he'll make his money as long as he keeps pitching like he does. But the people I'm most impressed with are the are the younger players, the players that aren't making a ton of money, that this will significantly impact them this year. If they are expecting to make $600,000 this year and they just put down a payment on a house and now they're losing a month at least of gameplay, which means a month of revenue for them, which means that they're going to not have the money they thought they were going to have. Those players that are still standing strong with the union, and I haven't seen one player come out against the union, those are the players that I'm incredibly impressed with because it is severely impacting them. If you expect to get $600,000 in a year, and that and that will heavily impact the amount of spending you do. And if you're now going to get that to 400000 and that's already with taxes, I mean, you're going to get down to $400,000 because you're going to miss a month and a half, maybe two months of the season. I mean, those right. players, that's incredible to me that they're willing to do that for people beyond them in the next couple of years. Because I don't – I mean, I, I would like to say I would do the same thing, but I honestly don't know. Uh, very interesting also. If uh, Shohei Otani misses 15 days of service, could greatly affect his free agency for the end of, you know, when he gets to that. How crazy is that? They could push it back a whole year. If he, I don't think they can push it back, Dad. I mean, I mean I'm just saying, like, if they wanted to go by the letter of the law, they sure could. I mean, I think he has to play a certain amount. I mean, they won't. No, it'll be 15 games. If he loses 15 days of service in 2022, 
his free agency could be pushed back by a whole nother season. Now, they okay. do believe that it will be renegotiated and everything else. I'm just simply saying, by the letter of the law, that's what we are looking at. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It really is. And I mean, I'd like to say that we have some silver linings here and that they were coming close to a deal, but they're not talking now. They they did get they do did discuss the shift in the pitch clock. Cool. I don't even want to talk about that personally until the deal's done because I think it just it's just not important. All the this other stuff, the economic proposals, those are important right now. Until that stuff gets figured out, we're not going to have baseball. And I, I tweeted yesterday. Now do I have to watch baseball with metal bats? Because <laughs> I really don't want to do that. I hate the sound. I can't stand it. But it's it's just sad. And I don't really have. I don't really have much else to say about Well, here's, uh, here's a silver lining. And even though you don't love the metal bats, I still do. Even though I do believe we will see college, especially at the Division One level, maybe in the D2 level, maybe in the Juke level, get rid of the, the metal bats in, in our lifetime, right? I do believe that's going to happen. However, for those of you who are baseball fans and you want to watch baseball in its, in its purest form outside of kids, right? Outside of the, the little kids playing at the ages of seven through whatever, fill in the blank. College baseball is an incredible sport to watch. It's it's getting a lot of pub. Shout out, hey, I don't shout out ESPN very often, but shout out ESPN for putting all of these games on ESPN Plus. If you have ESPN Plus, I suggest going there. You can see just about every game. I mean, obviously, that's a hyperbole too, but, but you can see a whole lot of baseball games every day. College baseball is a fun, exciting brand of baseball for those of you who haven't watched it much or who don't pay a lot of attention. It's a really, really fun brand of baseball. And right now, hey, if you're looking for something to watch, it's baseball-related. I, I I, say if you don't have ESPN+, Plus, go get it. It's well worth the money, especially if you're a hockey fan. Uh, I think our college basketball, all of that, they have a lot of really good product on there. But college baseball right now, I'm, I'm glad to see people putting them in the forefront because it is a fun game to watch. Yeah, it's fun. I prefer college softball personally, but I also like college softball. Same I I I like college baseball. baseball there is some weird things going on in college baseball right now. I'm going to be honest. The false bravado going on in those games at times, where they will hit a home run and just do the most ridiculous. I'm all for bat flips. I'm all for pimping something. But if you're up seven to one and you hit a home run and you watch it and throw your bat to the fence and then you run all the way around it and then get a hammer from your dugout and slam it down. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Same hey, thing they're doing in college football. In the, hey, I hate hey, that. Look, we are dealing in the time where sports is no longer put your head down and run around the bases, and I'm glad that That's we're not. That's not what I said. That's not what I'm saying. I know, I know it's not. I'm, I'm saying, saying that if I'm the pitcher he and I throw 94 miles per hour, he's getting 94 in the ribs if he does we, that to me. And, that, and hey, that's part of the game. We are just in full entertainment mode right now. I get it, Dad, but it feels fake. You know what I mean? What I like, I love – when Ta- I, I'm a Cardinal fan, so it hurt me. But when Tatis hit that home run off Gio Gallegos in the postseason in 2019, and he did that bat flip, that felt real. It was raw. It was a big moment. But we're talking about the second game of the year. You're up by eight runs, and you're Fair. doing like a theater. You're putting on a theater show around the bases. And I'm like, this just feel- it feels so – it just feels like it's very much scripted. And that's what I don't like. I like the raw emotions. I, I and agree. if you have I raw emotions, that. do it 100% all the time. Show it all. Uh, have your emotions on your sleeve, be aggressive, whatever. But if it feels like you have a hammer that you bought at Kmart or whatever <laughs> in your dugout that well, you planning to you, why? Why, why would you have hammers you in Boston? Right? They push you in a cart down the. That's I love you, that. Okay, but that's, okay. That's not on the so field, Dad. It's in the dugout. Hold on. That's what college teams are seeing, right? So they are emulating the pros, and they're seeing they're having. They're I mean, they, the this, isn't, this isn't new. It is new. It's very. The, the way it's happening the dance now. Line, 
the Red someone Sox that I was watching a game yesterday, a college game. Some kid hit a home run, watched it for probably thirty seconds. I don't even think I'm exaggerating. <laughs> Ran with his bat and gave his bat to the coach <laughs> at first base. But here's the thing: you watched it. That's the thing. I was watching. I didn't expect that to happen. That's not why I watched it. If I'm the catcher, that kid is not touching home plate. He's not. <laughs> He's not touching home plate. Oh, all right. Well, listen. Hey, uh, it was good to talk to you. How are things at U of I? You want to uh, fill in our our listeners on how things are going for you up there in Champaign? Uh, they're going pretty well. I mean, just doing a, a lot of classes, a lot of bars, um, and yeah, kind of repeat. Honestly, I it just. It's been it was an adjustment adjustment at first because the professors here, no offense to Lewis and Clark, it saved me a ton of money. They're not the same. They expect a way higher level of academic standard here at U of I. But uh, I, I'm adjusting pretty well, I think. And I don't know, I'm kind of I'm at the point to where I'm just ready to get my career going, and I still have another two and a half years until I. Yeah, but enjoy it, it, man. Hey, if it is if it is class, sports, bars, repeat. Hey, you're not going to get that. To, you're not going to get to do that much more. That's true. I mean, maybe you never know. I mean, if that's my job. <laughs> that's true. That is just true. Just got the class part. It's just sports, and I mean, that sounds better to me. Yeah, fair. Well, hey, now and also pay attention. Get to watch the the run. Hopefully, Illinois can can get hot in the Big Ten tournament and get hot in the regular in, in the NCAA tournament. March Madness coming up. We obviously could be talking about a lot more things that are a lot more positive about the sports world. However, we felt like. Today, with, with the, everything going on in the baseball world, it was important. We're going to try and start pumping some more out, I assume, correct? Yeah. And also, okay. uh, one more thing. I forgot. Yeah, sure. I've, I've been – I went to the um, Godar School of Betting, and <laughs> let's just say that it's costing me a little bit of change in my pocket. <laughs> my spending money at the bars is going down daily well, because of LeBron James and Kyle Kuzma last night that decided to just rip my heart out. Both of them. Welcome, and welcome to the world. I still don't have a starter for my car. So, well, we did get rid of the truck. To be fair, yeah, we got but, rid. Of, I don't. I mean, yeah, that's right. We don't even have a car. We could not <laughs> wait on Godar to get us winners any longer. We lost so much money, Godar. If you're listening, that I had to get rid of the car and not get the starter. That's what oh, happened. Poor Mike. He's never gonna come on again. Well, he's coming on to what? Loses more money? Give me. <laughs> I, I don't have anything. Take something else, Mike. I don't have anything else. My car's gone. Oh, I walk Mike. everywhere Shut now, up, buddy. Hope things are well. All right. Yeah. Listen, anything else you wanna you wanna get in? Or I feel like we've dug pretty deep into this. Obviously, we're usually a little bit more lighthearted with a lot of topics, but but it's really hard. I to have. Be, I do really have hard one. To be lighthearted thing. right now. Um, if you are a baseball fan and you're and you're obviously upset that you're not gonna be able to watch baseball, go watch your local NHL team if you have one. Fair. I mean, the also sport the right now has been. The sport right now has been has been great. It really has. It's I mean, the blues are great right now. If you're from St. Louis, you probably are if you're listening to this. Just go just go give it a try. I wasn't a huge blues guy until they honestly until they won in twenty nineteen. And just oh, that sport has also been struggling over the last few years. So go watch, go to a game. There's so much fun. It, you'll be hooked immediately. Well That's here and this is the last thing I'll say about baseball, but this is one thing I kinda want to talk about and then I actually lost the train of my thought as well. But this is one thing that I don't I don't think base. Maybe they don't fully understand. Maybe they do. I shouldn't say that. I, I don't I, care. I don't have an answer. But right now, there are so many things going on that it does feel like a lot of people are like, "Well, if baseball comes back or not." Like right now, we don't care. And here's why: you've got 
the college basketball tournaments are starting this week, the conference tournaments for the men and the women's. In 10 days, you have selection Sunday, 11 days, whatever that is, leading right into the, the greatest tournament in all of sports, right? You have the yeah. NHL really heightening up. The NBA just had the trade deadline where we saw a couple major stars get traded. That's heating Who, up. James Harden has been great. You, you Fantastic. Have, you have college softball. You have college baseball. You have, uh, for those of you who are tracking to whatever, high school sports are, are booming. We're getting into the, the state title runs for the, the boys and girls soccer, or I mean basketball team. You have a lot going on. Soon you're going to have the NFL draft and the, the combine is this week in Indianapolis. He, I mean, that's got to be one of these things that I've been saying to you quite often is people are going to just say, look, there are 185 other things I can do right now. I don't, hey, I'm saving money by not going to Cardinal games and right. we'll something else. We'll take a vacation, whatever it is, especially coming out of all the crap with COVID. And on top of that, they were struggling already to keep people's attention with all the the streaming devices, yeah. all the sports, all the just the accessibility to everything. Yep. And I mean, not having the game on the field is not a way to fix that. No, nope. not problem. going to help them out at all. When, you know, you and I spent a lot of last year pumping up the game and the players and how it was in such a good spot. And the game itself is, and the players, the players are great. They're correct. the best and, they've ever been. And, and, you know, we're seeing just like the, the flood of the NBA and the NHL with the, with the, you know, the foreign players, it's so good for our game. And, you know, it's such all it's such a global game that right now we're seeing we're starting to get to see the best of the best in the world every night, and mm-hmm. you're kind of just taking that away from all of the fans for the next month. And yeah, it's off. That's what I'll say. It's yeah, off. we got it. We get to see the best in the world, and not just the white janitors Babe Ruth was playing against. Correct. Okay, I've got one more thing um, yeah, before right, we get out of here. I feel like we would be feel like we'd be remiss to not at least say that we are thinking about the people of Ukraine right now. And we hope that everyone over there is doing fine. It's very sad what is happening. I feel like it's a little irresponsible of us to come on here and not at least mention that we're thinking about everyone over there. And just hope for the quickest resolution possible. That's all I'm not going to go into detail, but yeah. that's, that's what I have to say. Correct. Absolutely. All our T's and P's to everyone over there uh, impacted. You know, uh, we're thinking about you guys, that's for sure. And like you said, we don't want to really get into the political world too much there, but uh, I, I think that's a really good way to end this. So, listen, once again, it was good to, to talk to everybody. It's good to be back. We're going to try and get this rolling. We were hoping, uh, like I said, we did the one at, right around the Super Bowl, and then we kind of took a little break to get Caleb established at, at U of I, and we were kind of hoping that right now we would be back in the full swing with spring training talk and free Kyle Schorber on the Cardinals. Right, all, all, of the, all of those coming in, unfortunately – uh, we we're talking about, you know, the bad, the bad side of sports and the bad side of money and the bad side of all of that. And business. Hey, hey, hang in there. Don't lose faith in the game. Again, we're on the, we, we side with the players as always, and we will continue to always do well. so. And so that's, that's a good thing. But listen, once again, take care out there. We will, we're going to be hopefully doing these a lot more, Caleb. And I know that we're t- trying to talk about getting some pretty cool guests on in the next couple of months that I think will be, add to our content. Don't you agree? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. And uh, along with the, the guys who've been on here before, we're not forgetting them, but we'd like to add to some stuff. Maybe I don't know. We might've lost D with the Cleveland talk today. <laughs> Maybe. And I do apologize. That was not my, my point was not to pick on Cleveland. I, I don't apologize. Been lowest money. revenue team in baseball. So been money, money team. Right. Uh, so yeah, so we're looking at a few things to, to upgrade as well. But once again, guys, thank you so much. It's nice to be back. 
Uh, we're going to be in constant contact. Again, you can follow us on Twitter at more underscore noble. You can follow Caleb at Caleb Noble 8. Zero 08. Caleb Noble 08. On that might be wrong. I don't even know. It's one of the two. You'll find me. <laughs> yep, it's there. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, find us on all your uh, podcast platforms. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Give us a, uh, whatever you need that can help uh, out our program. We greatly appreciate you guys. Everybody stay safe out there. Take care of each other. We will talk to you soon. Cheers. The more you know, the more you know, the more you know, it's the more you know.